last week we were talking about this, um, this element of fear. Um, and you know how we just saw through the Christmas, even in the Christmas story, that most of the, the, the people involved in that first Christmas, uh, that first where, you know, where Jesus was born, the same message came to them. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Um, and we challenged uh, ourselves last week to think about that. What are we afraid of? What do you fear? What fears are facing you? What things do you worry about? Uh, we, you know, titled last week, No Worries, because the Bible tells us, don't worry about what? Anything. Don't worry about anything. Uh, it didn't mean that you're not going to face situations that you could be tempted to worry about. He just said, just don't. Don't worry. Don't allow your mind to go into that circular thinking of, uh, of being trapped in, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because you end up taking the control yourself, and you don't have the, uh, the, what it takes to actually do something about it. It's getting our eyes onto him. Um, fear's a real part of life. Uh, and that's why, you know, I feel like God's dealing in my life with this right now. And, and um, it, that song has been, you know, lights on for me as well. Just that it's uh, as he speaks um, through that, it's, it's, it's his word just being put to music. And again, that thing of whom shall I be afraid? Because fear's a real part of life. And I'm not the only one. I, I realize that animals get scared. I, I, got, I got a few uh, thoughts. Yeah, cats, I mean, sheesh, those things, you know. Um, uh, this, that, that was me on vacation. Um, uh, this is my favorite. <laughs> you know, a- animals get scared. Um, you know, it's something you're, you're born with, the, uh, the, uh, the ability to show fear. Babies get scared. I mean, you may have seen uh, some, some of these every once in a while. Uh, you know, we're afraid of these kind of toys. Um, uh, yeah. You know, babies can easily be, be scared. Tough men can get scared. There was no appropriate photos for me to show of that, though. Um, but real men get scared. Women get scared. Fear is no respecter of age or, or gender. Uh, but some find fear entertaining. Uh, you know, we have a whole uh, a horror movie industry because people find fear entertaining. The haunted houses that people go through, they find fear entertaining. Crazy stunts that people try and do. Uh, I saw a guy, you know, skiing through, uh, through a, this tiny little chute. Yeah, we, my kids, don't let them see that thing. Uh, we have three of those little um, cars at my house. But crazy stunts, it's this thrill of, of fear. Uh, and not all fears are bad. Uh, sometimes we think, you know, we have this thought, you know, we, we, when we think about our fears, we're like, oh, you know, I can't laugh about them. They're, they're, they're real. But not all fears are bad. Certain fears are actually keeping you alive right now. Um, there's this thing called Ebola. Um, that there's a fear, a healthy fear of Ebola that, that, um, and, and this healthy fear of not contracting that disease that, that helps uh, our healthcare professionals wear certain uh, clothing to make sure they don't catch this. You know, and um, there's nobody in the hallways in the hospital telling somebody like dressed like this, to make, come on, be brave, don't be so scared, just go in there without. We know there's this healthy fear that we can also call wisdom. The fear of handling poisonous snakes like the uh, black tiger snake. Nobody's saying, hey, you know, you're a chicken if you don't pick that thing up. Because it's one of the most deadly snakes in the world. There's a healthy fear and it's keeping you alive. It's actually called wisdom. We see people who try and do all this kind of crazy stuff, um, but we call that foolhardy. It's reckless, um, recklessly bold or rash. It's not, it's not uh, you know, conquering fear. It's just, it's foolishness. Um, sometimes with fear, the danger is real, but often what we fear is actually, um, it's not actually dangerous at all. And yet that fear paralyzes us, that fear keeps us uh, stuck in a place, that fear affects our lives for things that are really are not all um, uh, anything that we need to be scared of. They're irrational fears. For instance, last week we talked about the fear of spiders, and, and there's many who are like, yes, I'm with you, Mark and Beth, we, we are afraid of spiders. Do you realize it's an irrational fear in this country? 
Do you know the spiders that are in our houses? You, you can step on them. You know, you're afraid of something that you could just step right out. Why, what is it about that thing that's like, <gasps> puts you in a panic mode when, it's, um, when really it's just uh, it's an irrational fear? The fear of public speaking. Many people, that's the number one fear um, that they have. And it's really an irrational fear. Did you realize that, you know, when you, if you had the chance to come up here, some of you are like, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I could sing on, you know, sing and be part of the band. But something in you just keeps you stuck. It's an irrational fear. Do you realize that people didn't come here this morning to see and hope, like, man, I hope Mark just really sucks today. I hope it's terrible. I hope he, like, says something that's just going to be, you know, that he's, it's going to be the worst effort. You didn't come there. You were hoping that it was going to be something good. You know, if you see somebody singing for the first time, you're like, oh, I can't wait till they just hit a bad note. It's going to be hilarious. Nobody does that, right? Unless you did. Please don't raise your hand. We don't, we don't want to know that you're here. But you don't do that. You know, and, and if, you, if you're up at the, if you say, step out on that, it's an irrational fear thinking that the whole world is out to, to judge um, and, and look down on you for stepping out. They'd be so proud of you because they're too scared to do it themselves. So it's, a, it's an irrational fear, this fear of heights. If you ever think about that, it's kind of an irrational fear. There's nothing about heights that's dangerous. It's that fall, right? And even that's not dangerous. It's that quick stop at the bottom that's dangerous, which we also call ground. But none of you really fear ground. You all walked on it all the way here. It's, it's this kind of, you know, these, these irrational, um, irrational fears. You know, people have this fear of flying, you know, that uh, th- there's nothing you can do to keep that plane up in the air. Or, well, I guess you could take it down. But, you know, they'll, they'll probably uh, do something about that. But this, these are the, a lot of these things we have that, that cripple us, that hinder us, that stop us. Maybe you're like, ah, oh, I feel like I, I, I want to go on a mission trip, but I can't get on an airplane. Irrational fear sometimes um, and my question is, you know, what, what are your fears? Because living, uh, living in the grips of irrational fear, not fun. We're not talking today about the wisdom fears. Please don't go out and, and, and go to the pet store and, you know, pick up a poisonous snake because you're like, you know, Mark said, I can't be afraid. I had one kid last night, you know, afterwards he came up and he said to me, he says, I have this terrible fear of playing Minecraft at your house. You know what? I need to deal with that tonight. And I'm like, no, no, Zane, you need to go home. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I want you to make sure you, you get this in context this morning. So uh, I want to start with this thought. What is fear? What is fear? The dictionary defines it as this. It's an unpleasant emotion. Just remember that word. An unpleasant emotion. It's caused by the belief. I, I love what Brian said this morning because he, he's, he's just said that what you believe has happened to you. The, the, Job said too, you know, what I, my greatest fears came upon me. What I allowed my, my mind to be afraid of has happened to me. It says it's this unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, is likely to cause you pain, or is a threat to you. Zig Ziglar, he, uh, he, he um, um, defined fear as this, um, as an acronym. It's false evidence appearing real. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. It's not really true, but it appears so real, it has that same effect on you. And the Bible uses different words to describe fear as well and to define it. And one of them is uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, in verses 6 to 8. And Paul is writing to Timothy here. He, Paul's in prison. He's writing to Timothy. Uh, him, him and Tim were um, like, like father and son. Like uh, Paul was this mentor to Timothy. They were pastoring this church in Ephesus. We did the whole study on Ephesians. That's where Timothy was. This, this church that was helping to send the good news out to the Gentile uh, church. So if you weren't Jewish, this was, this was, your, this was where um, the, you know, the, the good news was coming from, um, was this place in Ephesus. And now Paul's gone. Now Paul's in jail uh, and Timothy's alone. And it's like he... he has lost a, a, a major part of his life and he's downtrodden and, and this is what um, Paul writes to him. 
he writes them and says, this is why I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God's not given us a spirit of fear uh, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength that God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. So Paul was saying to him, Tim, um, don't allow fear, don't allow this, this uh, spirit of fear to be something that, uh, that, that hinders you from sharing the good news. He says, God's not given us a spirit of fear. He didn't say, hey, Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Because I think Paul realized that it affects all of us and would, not just then, but now. And God never gave us that spirit of fear. And a lot of times, you know, even as, a, as growing up, uh, this verse helped set me free from fear in my life or certain fears in my life. But I always understood it as I read it that it was this evil spirit of fear. Like it was this thing out to get me. And I was like in a battle with it. And God didn't send that spirit of fear. So I'm going to attack this thing. But it's not actually talking about that. It's actually talking about something different. Um, it's this idea... Uh, of the spirit, not necessarily being an evil spirit, but a spirit like as in, you know, being in the spirit of Christmas. That's not like a, a, a ghost of something out there. It's this attitude. It's an emotional response to Christmas. You know, some it's like, oh, take, take, take. All I want to, you know, is what I can get. Hopefully what I'm going to get this year. And uh, the other thought, uh, you know, they, the, the, the spirit of Christmas is giving. It's, the, it's living it out. It's that emotional response to, to, the, to the time and to the season to actually live out a certain way. And Paul's saying this same thing. He says, God didn't give you an attitude. He didn't give you, um, um, he didn't give you a, a, an emotional response uh, of fear um, or to fear of, of being um, timid. And he cha- the, word, the, the word fear is translated timidity or cowardice. As I thought about that, I'm like, God, ah, cowardice. I don't, I don't really think about cowards. You know, in the Bible, he says, God didn't make you a coward. And when we think about that, uh, the word coward means a person who lacks courage. They lack the courage to do or endure dangerous or unpleasant things. When the going gets tough, they get going the other way. You know, if things are, they're facing, they find ways to, to get out of it. He says, Timothy, God didn't give you that response to fear. He said this, um, well, one of the things that I, we know about, uh, about, about us is that we love heroes and we look down on cowards. We love heroes. There's a few, um, there's a few heroes that you may recognize. Anybody know who this is? Captain America, yeah. How about this? Iron Man, this. The Gladiator, yeah. And then for the women, Katniss Everdeen, you're right. You know, we, we, we've watched these movies, and um, some of us have, and you, you, you look at that, and you, you love watching these movies about heroes. We love watching the dirt and the explosions and, you know, the blood, and we love watching it from our clean couch with our jammies and our snuggies on, and we're just like, you know, that, that's great. Let those people do what they're doing up, out, out there. They face hunger and pain, and we're like, yeah, I'm just so into this as we watch from our comfy chair with our big bowl of popcorn, like, yeah, look at them, star. Boy, they're, they're something. And we look at them and we have this thought inside, you know, if, we, if we're going to be somebody in the movie, we want to be that person. You know, you don't watch the movie and go, yeah, I just want to be one of the extras. You know, or I, I want to be one of the, you know, I, I picture myself as being, you know, the bad guy who gets destroyed in the end. No, we're like, you know, I want to be Captain. Nobody dresses up as one of the extras. They dress up as Captain America. Um, th- it's because there's this inner desire in us to say, I want to be a hero. I have that desire, that, that courage is admirable. It's, um, it's something that we idolize and we think, you know, it should be something that, that we, we desire. It's the opposite um, as far as cowards go. None of us are like, yeah, hey, I want to be a coward. I want everybody to know that's who I am. But there's a long list of um, famous or we call them infamous cowards as well. You might know this one. 
Cowardly Lion, Wizard of Oz, that's right. Um, he thought that because he had fear, or he faced fear, he was somehow in a, in, um, inadequate simply because he was, um, had fear present in his life. You know, Corporal Upham, I don't know if you saw Saving Private Ryan, but Corporal Upham, not, no relation to Bruce and Simone, we found out last night. They didn't want nothing to do with this guy. But he was one of the greatest cowards ever in, um, in, the, in the movies and in, um, in, in war. Um, true story. He's um, this, uh, uh, in, in, as you watch in the movie, he's got all the ammo around his neck for those, for the, these two men who were in a sniper tower. All that he had to do was bring that ammo to that sniper tower so that those guys could uh, continue to attack. And they had run out of ammo. And as he tried to get there, he couldn't. He was so scared. He faced, you know, the fears that he had. He couldn't even make it up the stairs. And he sat on that stairs and as he listened to his team um, being, um, being killed in the room upstairs, he realized, you know, as he sat there and, and realized this incredible fear of I can't go. And you watch in the movie as the enemy that he was so scared of just simply walked past him on the way down, didn't do anything to him. But that crippling fear cost him the lives of his team. Um, Francesco Chitino, some of you may have recognized that name. He was the captain of the Costa Concordia that, um, that went down and he abandoned ship and they, you know they called him a coward because 32 people lost their lives while he abandoned ship but he's not the only captain or or the only important person on a ship to ever do that um j bruce ismay was um one of the the managing directors of um white star lines the people who built the titanic he was on the boat when the titanic went down and he jumped ship as well and afterwards he said well you know I, I got off the boat after all the women and children. There was no more women and children on the boat when I got off the boat. And we realize and know to this day that thousands of women and children perished on the, on the uh, Titanic. And he was forever known after that as a coward. As a coward. See, the Bible's full of stories of heroes and cowards as well. Which do we want to be? Do I want to be a hero? Do I want to be a coward? What's my story going to be? The heroes, we read Hebrews chapter 11. It's the heroes of faith. This, this chapter of people who just said, I would trust and believe God, uh, and I'm going for everything that he has for me. And th- th- their names are written uh, in that place. You read in David's mighty men, these guys who just did incredible feats um, because they trusted in God. Some of them killed 800 men just because they refused to give up um, their stand in a bean field. Jonathan and his armor bearer said, you know what, we're going to go attack that, that um, battalion of 200 men. Two against 200, it's okay because we have God on our side. So they just said, God, if you're for us, let us have those guys just call us on. And so it's like, okay, no problem. The guys call them on, they go up and they kill 200 people. Why? Because there was this, there was this realization that, you know, God is, God is with us. Who can be against us? And we live in a different time frame where it's not, you know, not saying, hey, go kill all your enemies. We, we're not saying stuff like that. It's a, it's a different time frame, but there's things that you face that are fears in your life that just hinder and stop you. You know, it tells the stories of, of heroes, but it tells the stories of cowards as well. We know the story of Jacob who ran away from Esau for uh, most of his life. We know the story of Moses who fled from Egypt when God says, you're going to take you're going to help set these people free. And he fled the first time and left them all there. You know, we know the story of Judas. We realize, man, what a cowardly thing to do. Uh, and, and as we look at that, you know, think, man, I, I don't know which, which, one, which one would I be. The Bible also tells the stories of cowards who became heroes. Gideon, you know, hiding out uh, uh, from, from the enemy, hiding out from the Midianites uh, as a coward. When God comes up to him and says, Gideon, you're a man of courage. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm so scared. I, I'm hiding out in this place. And uh, Gideon says something really interesting. He says to, to the angel, he says, hey, you know what? I'm the least of my family. And my family's the least of all of our families. And our family's the least of the tribes of Israel. And our, um, our ch- um, uh, tribe of Israel, it's the least of, of everyone. Basically what he's saying is, if an enemy's going to attack, we have, 
You know, we have no stuff. We're the least, we're the least important person. It would be like somebody in our country going and robbing the poorest person in Canada. Nobody's going to do that. You're going to go out. So Gideon's like terrified, but he's got nothing to be scared about. They're going to go through all the other tribes, all the other families, all of the other important people before they ever try and take his little bit of grain. He's got nothing to be scared of, but he's hiding out because he's terrified. And God comes and says, listen, you're a person, a man of courage. Gideon actually, we know the story, it's the original 300. Him and 300 men defeat 135,000 Midianites. That's 400 to 1. Not odds, soldiers. 400 soldiers to every one. And he says, you know what? With God, anything is possible. And we read these stories and we think, ah, that's back then. But he's saying something. You know what? You fear things, but you forget that you have God on your side. You forget sometimes to say, God, I'm going to get my eyes on you and off of these fears. What will our stories be? You know, all the original disciples, they're like, Jesus, we're with you. You know, you're, we got, we're with God. We know we got God with us. We're, we're good. And he says, you're all going to leave me. They're like, no, we're tight. And sure enough, the night where Jesus is betrayed, crucified, it says they all left him. Cowards. All left him when the going got tough. Until later on, we realize and read their stories that but when Holy Spirit came on the inside of them, they all lived out and gave their lives for, for him. What will my story be? What will your story be? Give you a couple thoughts here um, this morning. Heroes and cowards, they face the same fears. <clears throat> Heroes and cowards face the same fears. They just deal with them differently. Some of you think that because you're facing fear in your life, there's something wrong in your life. You're like, I, man, maybe I'm out of the will of God because I, I'm, I, I'm facing this thing and it scares me. Maybe you think you don't have enough faith. You think, you know, that's kind of this thought that, oh, if I'm facing something difficult, I must not have enough faith. You know, the Bible says that, that, uh, that we see the stories of people who face fear. Some were heroes, some were cowards. They both face fear. The presence of fear in our lives is not the problem. The absence of courage in our lives is. And I want to encourage you with, with the thought is that he says it about you. you uh, you're a courageous person. I'm with you. Just draw on that. When you're facing fear, you have a choice to make. And which one are you making? Courage is the ability. This is what courage is. It's the actual the ability to do something in the face of fear. It's strength in the face of pain and grief. It's the ability to do something that frightens you. It's not the absence of fear. It's not this idea of, oh, you know, I'm not scared of it. You're scared, but you step out and say, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to, you know, realize and hold on to the fact that he's with me. Heroes and cowards respond to fear differently. Muhammad Ali, we look at him as being one of the greatest fighters ever. You know, nothing. I mean, he took down everything in his path. You know, we know his quotes of, you know, float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. You know his quotes, but one of his that um, few people know is he says, if I, he says, I won't lie. He says, before one of his early um, fights, he says, I won't lie, I was scared. I was scared, but I had no choice. I had to go in there and fight. And I feel like that's sometimes for us. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm scared of this thing, but I have no choice. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fight. What fears are you facing? You know, I was back in the day, I was, you know, people, they come up to me and say, I think it's, it's this nice sounding thing to them. They are like, we're praying for you, pastor, because we know that, you know, the enemy attacks pastors first. He's not allowed to attack the sheep if he doesn't go through the shepherd. So, you know, you take care of him so he doesn't come after me. But, you know, we know you've got it really, really difficult. And I realize that's so not true. The, the, he, the devil's not going to come through me to get to you. He's just going to go straight for you. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, that's just comforting for you, right? So that, that's, that's um, 
uh, this thought, but I realized, you know, there's things that he attacks my life in. There's fears that I face, but I realized that everyone faces fears. You know, maybe, maybe there's things as I, I, I talk to people, the fears are big and genuine. Fears like, you know, that I, I'm going to be a failure in business. We're, we're starting out this new venture, and I just don't know if this is going to go. You know, it's, I feel like this is what God wants me to do, but I just don't know. Failure, you know, when you think about you know, this fear that my marriage is in trouble and I don't know what to do about it. This fear that grips you, that like, I, I, I'm not sure what to do. For some, you know, you teenagers, there's a bully at school that you're just terrified to face every single day. For some, it's health issues. And you wonder, am I ever going to be healthy again? This fear of conflict resolution, that there's someone that you need to talk to and you know you need to, but you just avoid it and avoid it and avoid it because it's just, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to go. Cowards respond to irrational fear in many different ways. Cowards respond in ways like this. They go back to their comfort zone. You know, when they face things like change and this, uh, this opportunity, things, new things ahead of them, you know, they're not irrational fears. They're not going to kill their life. It's only these things of, of allowing our lives to grow. You know, the, the, the thing of, I'm going to go in someone's house and just tell them about God. Ugh, fear. No, no, I'm going to stay in the truck. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in my comfort zone. Fear will tell us that, that change is bad. Do you know what? God's put dreams in every one of your hearts. Some of you have just kind of left them behind so far back that you don't remember what they were. But if you think back, there's these dreams that he's put in your heart. And guess what? Every single dream that God puts in your heart is going to cause and force you to trust him. He's not going to send you out to share the gospel with somebody and then just leave you hanging and be like, watch them fail. <laughs> oh, I hope they get laughed at. Maybe even stoned. That would be awesome. Not like you're thinking. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's like, he's not doing that to us. He doesn't do that to us. But there's this thing of going back to our comfort zone. Cowards respond, you know, when fear, when they face fear by getting defensive. It's like, it's personal. Um, they, they end up acting hastily and irrationally and saying things that they regret because of the fear. Oh, it's on me. It's, it's all about me. And they push it back. For some, it's avoidance. Their first thing is they face that thing they fear. And it's like, run, get out of here. It's the easiest one for us to fall into. You know, if I don't deal with it, it'll go away. If I don't, if I, if I can stay, avoid that person, I'll never have to deal with this situation. The problem is you lay awake and you think about it and you think about it and you think about it because wherever you go, there you are. And that fear is so, so real. And that, 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 that avoidance is, it's a coward's way of, of dealing with anger, aggression, not fighting, um, not fighting in a good way, fighting against people. uh, Instead, that, that, that response to fear can cause you to lash out at people uh, that you should be working with cause you to lash out at your spouse, cause you to lash out at your friends, cause you to lash out even on yourself, cause you to lash out at, at God and think, man, you must have something to do with this. But it's this response to fear. He didn't give you that response. He didn't give you that response of timidity. You know, um, this thing of being indecisive. You know, you see like animals on the road, the deer in the headlights, look, I'm not going to make any decision at all. You know, I, I, you go through all the scenarios. I'm, I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, option one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, option one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, option one, and you don't do anything. Guess where the best place to get killed if you're an animal? The middle of the road, where you just do not, not make any decision. It makes a decision, and it's, it's, that, it's that cowardly response to fear. You're going to face fear. You have the chance to be a hero or a coward, a champion or or. Um, destroyed. Heroes respond by this. 
They respond by overcoming fear, by facing fear and saying, I know I'm not in this alone. God, you're with me. Let's do this thing. Revelation 21, verse 7, it says this, something I never saw before uh, the last couple of weeks. It says this, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who wins, he who um, uh, uh, is strong, he, um, it will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he'll be my son. I love that thought. Uh, it says, but, the, but he says this, but the cowardly, just think about this, this word, because the rest of this list, it doesn't seem to fit with. He says, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Like, yeah, God, I get that. You know, the abominable would be in there and murderers and sexually immoral. Yeah, and idolaters, of course. But cowards? See, there's just such a strong, strong uh, thing to this. I didn't give you this, this, um, this response to fear, to be cowardly. He says, I've created you to be an overcomer. I've created you to stand and be, to, to be strong. The word overcome means to conquer that thing, to conquer those fears, to live in victory um, from them, to come off victorious. He says, of Christians, those overcomers are the ones who hold fast their faith, even unto death, against their foes, their temptations, and their persecutions. You know, this, this message of, uh, of overcome in the last, last chapters of the Bible and the last chapters of Revelation was also the same message he gave to all the churches in the first part of Revelation. He said to all those churches, he said one thing to all of them, a whole bunch of different stuff to each of them, but one thing he said, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who's courageous, he who wins, he who is strong. And I say it to our church today. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I just want to encourage you. To encourage you is put courage in, put confidence into someone else. I want to say that to you today. If you're facing fear, I want to encourage you. Put courage into you in the same way that he said to Timothy, God didn't give you that response to fear. That's not God-given. That's not inborn. He says he's given you something else. He has given you something else, a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. You know, there's no fear in love, the Bible says. Perfect love casts out fear. Sometimes in, in situations where you're afraid, because of fear, you can't deal in that situation or that relationship with love. It's dangerous. Had that a few uh, months ago. I had to deal with a situation that just wrecked me. I, I would lay awake at night. Beth would wake up and say, are you thinking about that again? I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do with this relationship. I don't know what to do with this person. I was terrified of how this, this conversation that I had to have was going to go. And I just couldn't have the conversation because I just didn't know how it was going to go. And I was, I was just scared. And then when I read this, it was this thing of, you know what? There's no, there's no fear in love. I've started to realize that I'm not looking at this relationship with love. I'm not looking at this conversation with love at all. As I began to get back to the place of just saying, I just need to love this person. I just need to love this person. And, and, and what I'm doing is going to be loving. And I went and I had this conversation. I'm just going to love this person. And it went fantastic. And I'm like, seriously. You know, and she's like, you didn't have to worry about it for months and months. And, you know, wives are great for that, right? Uh, but we do. She didn't say it like that. Um, but, but we do. He said this love, this power, the sound mind. He says, I'll give you, he says, what I've given you is a clear mind. In the face of fear, I've given you that, the, the ability to have the clear mind to make those decisions. There's storms are going to test your life. It's not God testing you, it's life testing you. Everything you build, everything you desire to do, it's going to get tested. Same as you put a boat in the water, the water tests it every single time to see if you can find weakness. Storms are going to test your life. They're going to test your marriage. They're going to test your business. They're going to test you to the core. And you're facing them. 
But some of you said that that idea of fear or that idea of, you know, I'll see, I realize, I want to close you with this thought. Um, God didn't promise that you're going to live a fear-free life. Never did. It's not this idea of today, oh, the, the hope of this message is that I'll live with the absence of fear in my life. I don't have to be afraid of anything anymore. Not true. It's actually... It's actually this thought that you're going to face fear, but he's given you something in a way to face it. So don't be crippled by it any longer. Choose to be a hero. Choose to, to follow courage and not to, to follow any of the other ways of, of cowardice. For some of you this morning, it actually means, you know, the fear that you know you're facing. Some of you, there's a fear in your life. You know what it is right now. You're like, yes, I, Holy Spirit's bringing that up continuously. And you're like, okay, I, I, know, I know what I got to deal with. For some of you, it, it's not there right now. You don't know what it is. But for some of you, my challenge and encouragement for you today is this. The absence of fear in your life may be that you're too comfortable. That, that, that God's encouragement to you is to dream bigger yet. To dream bigger still. Some of your lives are just, it's so easy. I don't have to trust God. You know, I, I got food every day. Everything's good in my life. All my health, everything. It's all fine. And there's not that stepping out and saying, God, I just want to trust you for greater things in my life. I want to trust you that, that you're going to use my life to do greater things for the kingdom. God, what are you desiring of me? Where are you leading me? Because we're just in comfort zone mode. He says to dream bigger. And my encouragement to you, no matter which one of those you're in, to trust God. To get your eyes on him. And, and, and these thoughts, as he said to Timothy, stir up the gift in you. Stir up that promise, stir up that courage, stir up that truth, because it doesn't just happen on its own. You need to stir it up, and you need to keep it kindled, you need to be pouring into your life, and it's things like this. Taking his word and just saying, I will trust this to be true, as opposed to everything else. Things like the, the, the disciples who in Acts chapter 4, they said, God, we need boldness. He's like, I'll give you boldness, go. And they began to speak the word with boldness. When you start thinking about things like this, where in Psalms it says, the wicked, they flee when no one's pursuing them, but the righteous, they're bold as a lion. I remember that old song. You remember that? The righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. No. Um, it was wait, you're not old enough. But anybody remember, fear not, for I am with you, fear not. Man, we've come so far. That was like the longest, most repetitive, but it's in there. You know, fear not, because I am with you. To remember that, that's, that's what his word is uh, for you, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's my stronghold. Uh, whom sh- um, shall I be afraid? That I'm not trusting in my strength or my power, but in your spirit. If God's for me, it says in Romans, who can be against me? Uh, in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I'm right there, Though I'm walking through the darkest stages right next to death, he says, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. And Romans 8.37 says this, in all these things, in all these fears that you face, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. Kingsway, I want to encourage you to dream bigger. I want to encourage you to put your, you know, to just step out in those things of trusting God, saying, God, you know, my life is about you. Where you're taking me, I'm going to trust. I will not allow my life to be ruled, governed, or hindered by fear. For some of you fighting for some pretty important things in your life and fear is staring in the face right now, I just want to speak that encouragement over you. That don't, he didn't give you a spirit of of timidity, of cowardice, but just that chance to be an overcomer. Uh, Overcome those fears. David sung these songs to himself. I encourage you to do the same. Be courageous. Be strong in him. Look fear in the eye and realize you do not need to be afraid. Let's pray. Father, thank you for for your words of encouragement for me. I know I've needed this badly over the last little while, and I thank you for it. I thank you for the life that's in your word.
pray for those here today who are facing the same things. The Holy Spirit, you would do in them uh, what you're doing in me, that you would uh, s- help them stir that up on the inside, that they would face these situations with courage. Thank you for those who are stepping out, doing uh, just incredible things. Marriages being restored, relationships being restored, people stepping out in faith, believing you for great things, and seeing lives affected as a result. Thank you for the encouragement that they are to me. I pray your blessing over them this morning. I pray uh, uh, your peace, your love, your joy, just to flood their homes this week, that people would look and see how amazing you are. May we have opportunities to share your life and your truth with others. Uh, in your name we pray, for your glory. Amen.